Welcome to Series 1, Episode 6. This is an archive of live video Q&A streamed online. Consumer behaviour and behavioural economics are changing the way we buy. In this episode, I chat to Laura Morris from Trinity McQueen discussing how the coronavirus crisis will impact a huge shift in our behaviour, how we buy and what becomes important to us. Enjoy. Welcome to the Johnny Ross Audio Experience. I'm Johnny Ross, founder and digital marketing strategist of Fleet Marketing. Each podcast, I'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you, to give you some great business growth takeaways, and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve, adapt, and grow. I look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast. So here we go. Hi, and welcome to another live Q&A. We are live streaming on Facebook, which is the Coronavirus Yorkshire Business Support Group. And we're also on YouTube uh, live streaming. If you're watching on replay, please put hashtag replay uh, so that we can understand how you watch these and uh, which channels you're watching them on. Uh, If you've got any questions, please do ask. We are actively wanting questions. Uh, We will try and answer them. Um, So we're going to be talking about consumer behavior today. And... um, you know, a crisis, it can really reorder society in, in some massive ways from how we travel to how we buy homes uh, to the level of security that we're used to, even to the language we use. What will become of restaurants? Will touch become taboo? Will nations stay closed? Well, we've got Laura Morris here, a director from Trinity McQueen. I can't imagine she's going to be able to answer all of these questions. <laughs> but um, yeah, Trinity McQueen is an award-winning Uh, insights agency and uh, uh, got some fabulous clients as well. Um, Laura, welcome to the uh, live Q&A. How are you? Hi, Johnny. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm okay, I think, today. How's the the last couple of weeks been for you, Laura? Um, I would say it's been a mixture of quite stressful at times, um, quite refreshing on other levels in terms of maybe just getting back to basics and, and doing some kind of nice things around the home um but overlaid with obviously like everyone else at a level of anxiety and worry um so it's been a real mixed bag to be honest yeah we're getting by and uh, and i assume you're all working from home now as well yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, for the last two weeks now so everyone's in uh lockdown You've got some uh, big name clients. I know we won't be getting into into much detail, um, but I can see from your website, for example, that you know Legal and General, Asda, Jet Two, mm. Argos, some seriously big mm. clients. Um, mm. What's going on? You know, I know that during a crisis, you'll I assume you'll be very close to them. What's what's going on in with with some of your clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's been a real mixed bag, depending on kind of the sectors that they work in. Um, you know, obviously, clearly for travel clients, this is pretty devastating kind of short term impact um, in terms of, of things there. Um, you know, other clients are, are keeping going. You know, certainly we have a lot of clients in the, the grocery retail kind of space and, you know, absolutely inundated, busy like no other time ever before. So, um, you know, we're just really supporting our clients in whichever way we can whether it's through, you know, the offer of kind of secondment time for us to kind of give them extra bandwidth in their insight teams, 
um, or through the actual kind of research that we do. So making sure that as brands, they, they stay as close as possible to what's happening with their consumers and, and how they're feeling and, and how actually their brand is, is being perceived through all of this. It, it really has been varied across the mix of clients we work with. Yeah. And and I know that a lot of your clients are, are consumer. You also do some B2B stuff as well. I think you do some charity. Mm-hmm. We might get onto that. Um, yeah. But I, I, I just wanted to give a, a bit of an overriding opinion uh, that a, a lot of a lot of the, the big circle that I'm in is business is B2B business to business. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I firmly believe that whatever happens in the consumer market, whatever ever happens in retail, mm-hmm. slowly but surely does transfer mm-hmm. into into how uh, clients act in the in the B two B world. Would you a- agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think probably things are probably happening and and, and kind of shifting quicker, um, kind of than they perhaps used to do. It maybe used to be that B two B was a bit slow to play catch up with the consumer world. And I think in all sectors, whether it's B two B B two C, I think you know we're all being slammed into having to adopt new ways of working and new working behaviours very very quickly. Um, and just adapting to the the new normal, as it were. So, so what's what what what's going to change? What's what's the big shift? What's gonna? Why are we going to shift? What's give us give us your thoughts? What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. So, gosh, there's a lot to kind of break down here. Um, but I think what we need to think about in terms of you know consumer behaviour is think about time periods here. So, obviously, we've got the now. So how are things being affected right now in terms of how people are behaving and and responding to um, coronavirus? We've then got the next, if you like, which is the chapter that we're going to have that will will kind of come after this period. So as we start to emerge from coronavirus and and hopefully in perhaps a couple of months time, three, four months time, we we start to um, return to some semblance of, of kind of normality. And then you've got the kind of longer term future. So, um, you know, the, in a post pandemic world, as it were, um, what behaviours are kind of here to stay and what behaviours um, are just going to revert back to where, where they were before. And I think that's the first really kind of important thing to say is that, you know, break down those time periods in terms of how things are are changing. Now, you know, there's obviously lots of kind of stuff out there at the moment in terms of how kind of habits have changed currently in the here and now you know pretty much every sector you can possibly imagine every area of people's lives has been affected um you know from what they buy you know thinking back to groceries and food shopping again you know category by category there's been some huge shifts you know frozen food is up um alcohol sales are up as people uh, can't go to pubs anymore um people are doing more scratch cooking um Obviously, travel sector, you know, we literally can't can't travel at the moment. So um, holidays have literally been ground to a halt there. Um, and we're seeing changing media consumption habits. You know, a lot of people getting their news from the television and the television actually having a bit of a surge in popularity. Um, literally every single walk of our lives um, has been affected in some way, shape or form. Um, and different categories are winning out. Different categories are maybe having a bit of a tough time of it at the moment. But of course, the question on everybody's lips is, you know, are these habits going to be here to stay? Are they positive things? Are they not so positive? Um, 
you know, and, and, and kind of what's going to be, what are we going to be left behind in a kind of post-coronavirus um, world? And there's definitely some some kind of interesting thoughts on that from, from different kind of sides of the fence. You, you, you talked about uh, one of the things you mentioned just then was um, was scratch cooking. Uh, mm. Actually, some people probably haven't heard heard of the term scratch cooking, um, but um, <laughs> but 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 I think it's it's bigger than uh, you're talking about cooking from scratch and, and using the basics in your cupboard, aren't you? And and uh, yes. but but I think it's it's far bigger than that, isn't it? It's mm. it, there's mm. there's a huge um, upskilling going on at home. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. So that that's an interesting area. You know, we've all kind of seen, I think, you know, a lot of people are kind of doing baking and cooking, whether it's a means to kind of relieve a bit of stress or, or whether it's, um, you know, just they've got more time at home to kind of do it. Um, or or equally, is it, 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 you know, being able to get the ingredients? Um, I think, you know, a lot of people have, are rediscovering maybe the joy or the, the skill or learning new skills in terms of cooking kind of meals from scratch and, and so that's quite an interesting one for us in terms of whether that's something that's here to stay are we going to see for example convenience ready meals um sort of lose out as a result of this um because actually people have learned new skills um you know maybe maybe, maybe that's kind of one one outcome of this um same in terms of you know frozen food will, will frozen food kind of return to its kind of former glory um in compared to fresh food and actually people will realize actually this is this is not too bad and it's it's fine um so there's some quite interesting kind of um behaviors potentially um that might might kind of stay as a result of this but but going much further than food the whole upskilling mm-hmm. and, and and using the resources that we've got uh some yeah. of the examples might be from a tech point of view so uh yeah. how we're all suddenly using video God, absolutely. I mean, yeah, that, that tech is certainly something I can personally relate to. So I, I kind of describe myself as a bit of a technology luddite. Um, as an agency, we're actually quite tech tech advanced. Um, so I'm probably a bit different to my colleagues in that regard. But yeah, all of a sudden in the last kind of couple of weeks, you know, I've had to learn how to do you know Zoom video conferences and interact with people on Microsoft Teams and, and online collaboration tools. And of course, adapt the research that we're doing to to kind of remote approaches. And um, I think actually, I, beforehand, I perhaps had a perception that it was quite difficult and a bit kind of cumbersome to kind of have lots of widgets and apps open all the time, and and, and kind of it's far easier to kind of make a call or send an email. But actually, what I'm finding is it's actually really, really easy once you've done it a few times and you've got the hang of it. Um, I think technology is a brilliant way that we can connect with one another and, and, you know, keep a semblance of kind of community, whether that's work or outside of work. Um, you know, we, we kind of all, um, I guess, appreciating how how lucky we are in a way to, to live in a world where we have got technology to kind of connect us at a time when we're feeling the most disconnected of all, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Just to remind everyone, you can ask uh, questions. We've had a couple of comments. Uh, if you're on Facebook, I can't see your name and, and uh, where you're from. If you want to put it in the comment, feel free. Loving the interviews you're doing in this group. It's really helpful. Uh, and uh, someone else said, uh, thank you for this. Uh, that's very kind to say. Uh, but if you do have questions, please do um, ask us. Um, so, yeah, so technology, we're, we're upskilling. Um, and, uh, you know, will does that have an impact? You're going to say something? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing I think is a big thing in, in all of this. So um, 
I think the latest statistic from Nielsen was that 600,000 households tried online shopping for the first time in the last few weeks. So, um, yeah, just if you think back to kind of how this is all impacting not only how we kind of connect, but how we shop, um, that, that's quite a big, big number there. And um, I think there'll be a whole, you know, again, a cohort of people who maybe have never tried online shopping before, who've now tried it for the first time and have realized again that it's quite easy, it's quite convenient. Um, and, you know, maybe again, that kind of behavior will, will stick. Um, they might have potentially had some issues getting delivery slots. And yes, there's been, been some kind of, I guess, kind of issues around that. But actually, again, if you were someone who thought beforehand that online shopping, especially maybe grocery shopping, was was tricky, difficult, hassle, full of hassle, then you might have kind of now got a different perception as a result of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm bringing it into the the uh, uh, away again, away from uh, shopping for a moment. So the um, the way we work, we you know, our commute now is like one minute to get mm. to the, the the bedroom or the, uh, the 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 kitchen table um <laughs> there are our, our whole um uh you know is, is this a is this a potential insight to companies to to potentially realize that actually we could work remotely mm, absolutely i mean i think you know um, a lot of sectors will have been obviously ahead of the curve here and doing a lot of this already and i i think absolutely uh, you know we've all been forced to to kind of quickly adopt uh, uh, remote working. Um, some organisations, perhaps the bigger ones, have been quite, um, I guess, you know, quite hard to, to adapt quickly to it, but we've all had to. Um, and, you know, there's a great, great Rory Sutherland, the behavioural economist, talks about this a lot, and he talks about how it's really inefficient, actually, when you think of, about how we all kind of commute to work. So... You know, typically the majority of people, especially office workers, will get on a train kind of 7, 7.30 in the morning, commute home around 5, 5.30 in the evening. Um, not only does that cause a huge, you know, pressure on the transport infrastructure around those kind of peak times, but actually wouldn't it be better and more efficient if, you know, we all come to work stressed and haggard from the train journey or the bus journey or whatever, wouldn't it be actually much more efficient if we kind of staggered, you know, kind of when people started kind of work and, and just sort of thought about work in a different way. So you, you've got work that clearly does involve collaboration and the need to kind of talk to other people. You've got a lot of work that involves actually just producing things and kind of getting things done. And working from home is brilliant for that because you don't, obviously don't have the, the distractions as much. Um, so yeah, we've got to think about different ways we work. There's thinking time, there's producing time, there's collaborating time. Um, and, and I'm pretty certain that most businesses, after having gone through this, will shift their attitudes towards kind of working from home and, and see it as, yeah, kind of something that they can really embrace kind of moving forwards. Perhaps, you know, perhaps as a means of kind of perhaps keeping some of the costs of running their offices down, as a means of giving everybody a bit more flexibility, um, just, just being less kind of... Um, strict on the need for face-to-face -face meetings all the time and but and on the flip side um you've got a uh, a strong opinion around how we all crave 
sorry, all crave uh, uh, human physical contact, which I I can mm. certainly relate to. What's What's mm. your thoughts on on you know uh, how where that's gonna you know what's what's gonna happen there for us? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, you have to look at kind of countries like China that are just starting to kind of emerge from this, and and actually behaviours are kind of going back to some extent to to kind of normal. People are meeting up in clubs again and and kind of bars and restaurants. We're all social animals. And of course, you know, technology and, and kind of um, social networking and, and, and all of that enables us to carry that on to some extent. But I don't think you can ever fully replace kind of face-to-face -face contact. There's just something that you kind of lose by physically not being kind of present with, with people. You know, and, and a lot of scenarios, you know, we can kind of live with that if it's in a kind of work scenario. But in other scenarios, I think, you know, we absolutely need need that face-to-face -face human contact um and you know that's that's definitely going to come back with a vengeance um whether we're all of a sudden going to be a little bit more selective about who we choose to kind of have face-to-face -face contact with so intimately is is something um to think about whether we're all a lot more kind of hypersensitive to you know, the potential of, of transferring germs and, and kind of the importance of kind of, you know, hygiene and, and hand washing and all of that, you know, I'm sure that's going to be here to stay. Um, but yeah, I, 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 for me, it would be kind of quite dystopian to suddenly think that because of this, we're, we're now all of a sudden, you know, never going to see any, anyone ever again in, in person. I think we absolutely crave that as human beings. And as soon as we're out of this, it'll, you know, I, I'm sure people will return to, to what they were doing before meeting friends for coffee going to the cinema you know all that kind of lovely social interactions that, that people like to do face to face and and in fact you've you also call this social shopping as well uh yeah the, yeah so just tell me more about that yeah definitely I mean, you know um i guess we have to think obviously some shopping is functional but a lot of shopping especially if you think of leisure sector things like clothing or you know health and beauty or um, sportswear, trainers, shoes, you name it. Um, a lot of that is done as a kind of leisure, leisureful activity. So we like to, you know, go into town, mix it up with maybe going for a coffee, going for a lunch, a bite to eat with some friends, doing a bit of shopping and, and kind of punctuating the day with, with little breaks like that. Um, yeah, for some people, shopping is a, a serious kind of social habit. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think social shopping is going away anytime soon. Um, I'm sure we'll see a return to that once we, we get back to some semblance of normality. Yeah, okay. Um, are we going to have a, a – well, you, so is it mindset or is it behaviour? What, what comes first? What is it attitude, behaviour, mindset? How, what, 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 what dictates Yeah. Yeah, no, there's some a lot of interesting kind of um, schools of thought around this in, in from the kind of behavioural science fields. It's it's kind of ironic, really, but um, you might think that actually to change someone's behaviour, you first have to kind of change their attitudes towards something. And yes, that is, is certainly true that, you know, um, we can do that. We can certainly kind of change the way people think about things and change how they feel about it and because they feel differently our feelings then drive our behavior but there's also a school of thought that says change behaviors first and then someone's attitudes will follow um so just to kind of um you know give an example of this a practical example so there was a 
a company, an agency that were um, doing a kind of piece of management consultancy work for um, a company on the importance of customer service. And so, you know, they tried the kind of typical way of changing attitudes, raising the profile of the importance of customer service by putting, you know, lots of posters up about it, quotes from customers, um, lots of, you know, nice shiny photos of people kind of shaking customers' hands and, and, and things, delivering great service. But really, it didn't really deliver the intended up uplift. So they changed tax. They actually then got the senior management team to spend, I think it was like maybe 15 minutes of their day actually speaking to customers on the front line so they could hear firsthand, you know, what customers were talking about, what they were complaining about, that side of things. And, you know, because they then were actually experiencing it, they suddenly had this heightened appreciation for the importance of, of customer service and where they needed to do wrong, uh, sorry, where they needed to, to kind of improve. Um, and all of a sudden that changed, changed how they then um, kind of, I guess, behaved in respect of that issue within their organisation and the initiatives they, they kind of put in place. So you change people's behaviour first and then you change, and that as a result of that, it changes their, their attitudes. Um, you know, I, I think about myself on this and personal example as well. So um, just going back to the technology example and using kind of Teams, so Microsoft Teams. So beforehand, I was thinking, God, this is this is actually, you know, I think it's too hard for me. And, and you know, I'm just going to put that off like <laughs> all the other things on my to do list that, you know, I don't want to touch today because um, it just felt a bit too difficult and like I, it would be kind of clunky and, and unwieldy. But because I've actually been forced to use it and I've had to change my behavior, and actually, I've then now shifted my mindset. I'm going, do you know what? This is actually really, really easy. I can do this. And, and you know, I'm going to use it more going forwards. I, I, I want to link a few things. Well, I'm linking a few things. I don't know if that's right or not. Um, but the, the way that we are, you know, are we going to start uh, caring more for others? Are we going to um, start, uh, is, is CSR going to be become a, a, a bigger thing? Are we going to be bothered about plastic cups? Or are we going to be more bothered about the pay that a nurse gets in the NHS or even the pay mm -hmm. that a that someone in a, in a fast food restaurant gets because that could impact on our on on our health in a way um you know are we bothered about the the neighbor that's uh, that's that's not socially distancing because of their perhaps <laughs> bad ed bad education um you know yeah. so 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 does all of this sort of um you know, I've just just some, I don't know those are just some yeah. thoughts that are starting to, mm -hmm. to go in my mind I don't know yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're all kind of pertinent points. I mean, I think, you know, no question. Um, I think there's just a renewed, a hugely renewed heightened sense of appreciation for frontline workers, for NHS staff, for the health service in general. You know, we're very fortunate. I was talking to um, a contact of mine just today, actually, about how fortunate we are in the first place to have the NHS when you, you compare you know, the UK to, to sort of societies like America, where it's all private health care and, you know, private health care insurance. And, you know, I think there was already an appreciation for the NHS, especially for the people that, that have unfortunately had to, to kind of rely on the NHS for various reasons or have had family members who've had to um, in recent times. But 
I'm pretty sure as a result of this, you know, that a level of appreciation that was already there has just gone up a whole other level. You know, we talk about kind of the war on coronavirus and we're always kind of quick to, um, I guess, you know, praise and um, quite rightly so, you know, uh, kind of, um, yeah, just give huge amounts of credit to to soldiers and the army and, and people that kind of are at the front line of kind of literally fighting Kind of wars but i think you know this is a new kind of war it's it's a an invisible um enemy and you know we should we should bestow praise and reward on on our nhs workers in the same way that we have done in the past on our military heroes and i, I really truly hope that's here here to stay um and and the heightened appreciation we'll have for for those people is is here now you also mentioned an interesting thing um in terms of you know, how we as consumers, you know, we're we still going to care about the environment. And, you know, wasn't it all, you know, two, three weeks, four weeks ago where we're all kind of brandishing our sustainable coffee cups and our, you know, recyclable water bottles and et cetera. And again, I, I honestly don't think that's gone away either. Um, you know, I think, again, there's more, this is just kind of heightened awareness of, of that issue even more. We, we've realised, I think, as a as a population, as a society, just how interconnected globally we are to one another. You know, we're not an island. Um, and something that we do here has a consequence over here. So, you know, me buying a cheap fashion item that, you know, and then throwing it away has a massive impact on people in you know, a far-fung place and, and factories working on very, very minimal wages and the conditions that they're working in. I, I think we're all going to be a little bit more appreciative of that. Um, and yes, I think we now care a little bit more in terms of how brands treat their staff. Um, so I know, you know, that there's lots of kind of research kind of kicking around uh, from different agencies, not just ours, in terms of what's going on here. Um, so there's an agency called Savanta. They do some quite interesting tracking around brand heroes um, and brand villains as a result of this. Um, and certainly, you know, there's evidence to suggest that brands that have kind of maybe treated their employees um, in a way that, that hasn't been perceived to be brilliant. Um, certainly consumers are, are kind of seeing those brands perhaps a little bit more for what they actually are. Um, so just to kind of give a couple of examples here. So they cite, for example, um, Weatherspoons. Um, I think they're, they're quite outspoken kind of um, CEO had, had come out and, and, and just they just didn't treat their staff particularly well in terms of pay. Um, and then he came out and said, well, if you're all that kind of dissatisfied, why don't you just go off and work for Tesco? <laughs> so not very helpful, helpful there. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we might kind of scrutinize a little bit more. Um, how brands behave in respect of not just their customers, but in terms of their their own employees. Yeah, okay. Um, so and 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 that very yeah. much. So that so it so the, the word you used was heightened things. So so it, in 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 a lot of uh, well, even in the business world, but consumers well around uh, that whole CSR potentially will just get bigger and bigger then. I think so, but I'm just going to kind of couch that with a pinch of kind of reality here because, um, you know, we have to have also have a healthy level of cynicism for, for this. Um, you know, 
ultimately, you know, we've seen this in research time and time again, and, and I don't think it's, you know, it doesn't come from a kind of bad place, but fundamentally, a lot of people can be quite sort of, I guess, selfish without realizing it. And we go for the, we adopt the easiest line, the least path of resistance. So um, I've heard in previous research before coronavirus kind of came out, um, a lot of people talking about, oh, you know, well, I know I should support kind of local shops more, but it ain't it just so easy to go on Amazon one click and order that good. You know, so I think whilst there's a, a lot of people say a lot of things and they have good intentions, when it comes to their actual behavior, they do tend to take the path of least resistance and they will do the thing that's easiest for them. And um, sometimes that might be the thing that's the least effort. It might be the thing that, you know, is the least kind of cost and the least expensive um so we just have to have a little bit of healthy cynicism for um you know the extent to which people people's cares about these things will actually then translate into their behavior but i do think you know there'll be heightened awareness of this and and for some people it might just be the difference you know we, yeah we, we live in a world johnny where you know there are so many kind of me too brands there is so consumers we're, we're living in an age where there's just so much choice so it's not like we have to um we're limited in terms of if a cup if a company doesn't sort of stack up to certain criteria it's not like we have no other options we can switch quickly just like that and boy oh boy we will we will vote with our money and we will vote with our feet so you know if it's the choice of me you know buying my coffee from mcdonald's or buying my coffee from costa or, or whatever you know, if there's a tiny bit of difference in terms of CSR there, I know where I'm going to be spending my money. Um, and it might just be that small thing that makes the huge difference in terms of my behavior. Okay, yeah. But, but at the same time, it might just not change many behaviors. I, I'm not sure if we've talked today in this in this uh, broadcast around how uh, events like this, um, you know, uh, you'd, you'd even compare them to uh, a, uh, a death in the family or a, uh, a marriage or a, it's a life. Mm. There's, there's certain events. Just expand on that for me, there's certain events. Yeah. That yeah, no, so um, again, going back to kind of behavioural theory here, so um, we know that kind of there are certain key points in people's lives where an event will happen to them um, and it suddenly is a window of opportunity where their habits shift and their behaviour shifts. So, for example, um, coming up to a milestone birthday, so, you know, you're about to reach 40, uh, not that I'm about to do that, um, or, you know, you you had a baby or um, you got married or you got divorced or something you know bad happened somebody died in the family whatever these are all huge life-changing events and it's it's at times like these that we tend to reappraise what we do and we maybe make some new habits um and put down some new ways of doing things and it's a time when therefore you know brands have a great opportunity to kind of ride on the back of those behavior changes um so for example um you know going back to the milestone birthday thing you know it's it's a great chance if i was like a chain of gyms or something like that i'd be like right anybody approaching kind of maybe a 40 50 year old birthday whatever i, I would kind of be really actively trying to engage with them because you know these people might just potentially be wanting to get their health back or kickstart you know a new new regime it's why all the gyms are kind of at it with their marketing efforts around January because you know they know everybody post Christmas is, is kind of um looking to kind of change habits and, and you see a huge surge in gym memberships around that that time um 
coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, is a bit like that. Um, obviously, we're all in it together at the same time. So that, that's quite unique, um, not just glo- you know, in the UK, but globally. Um, but it, it's a big event that has fundamentally disrupted and you know, shifted habits um, overnight. Um, and it's therefore a window of opportunity for behaviours to potentially change, not just now, but for the longer term. Do you, do you think that um, there's going to be much of a shift to own brand or, or cheaper brands? Yeah, um, I think we're already seeing that, to be honest. Um, so, you know, it's just a bit of a random example, but um, I ended up going down a rabbit hole reading up about kind of pet food uh, the other day. And, and, and again, you know, there have been shifts even in that category in terms you know, from an affordability level. People are trading down because, you know, Obviously, we've got to remember a lot of people are hugely affected by this financially and they're worried, you know, so we don't don't have the luxury of perhaps being able to afford the the more expensive brands at this point in time. Um, We are making those kind of trade downs, I think, um, and there'll there'll be plenty of areas of our lives where we have to do that, somewhere we choose to do that. Um, There's also, you know, availability issues. So... um, maybe people not being able to get their kind of regular brand that they would buy or just being forced to buy a different brand or an own local brand because literally, you know, you get to the supermarket or if, if you do go on a, a trip um, or you go online and, and you're not left with much choice. It's like either buy that that's there or, or don't have that kind of item at all. Um, so, yeah, I think we will see people kind of downtrade. Which um, which, which uh, category, age category, do you think this is going to affect the most? I don't mean just buying cheaper brands, but just overall <laughs> the the overall behaviour or the or the effect. What's which is mm. the which is the age category that's going to have feel the biggest hit here? Yeah, so um, I like to kind of think of this one generationally. So um, you know, if I think about myself, so I'm I'm kind of almost forty now, and I can think of at least two kind of other events in my life so obviously there was the the kind of recession in the 90s and then you had the big credit crunch in um the 2000s both big economic shocks to the country where that I experienced personally um in my life and and kind of what impact that had and also impact on the clients I was working with at the time um so for sort of older people that have maybe lived through those kind of events um those huge kind of changes in markets, economic recessions and the like, there's a level of, you know, they know what this kind of looks like. Um, Now, clearly kind of a pandemic and a a coronavirus thing is is, it hasn't been kind of seen for quite a number of years now. I think it was, um, oh, gosh, I can't remember now, but the the last flu pandemic was kind of probably um, before most people, uh, that's it, Spanish flu. Um, before most most people currently living on this on this earth um you know were born so it's kind of the first kind of event of that kind that that kind of we've we've experienced but i i think the older generations or sort of anyone who's maybe lived through some of the recessions of the past are a bit more familiar if you like with what this looks like and the fact that we will come through it i honestly think younger generations this is quite for, for many younger people this will be the first real time in their lives that they experienced this kind of shock um and you know it, it's quite difficult for them and it obviously it'll vary depending on the age specific age of the person um 
the young person, but anyone, you know, under 24, I would imagine this is a huge, huge shock um, that they're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. And, and as you go even younger, I think it, it unfortunately will have impacts. Uh, which uh-huh. is a shame. Um, so um, uh, retail, fashion, are we going to come out of this wanting a new dress? Well, I, I don't know if I want a new dress, but um, you know, are we, are we going to be like, you know, can't wait to get something new to go out in? Or, or, or are we going to, is there going to be a bit of slow growth there? What, any, any thoughts, you know, are we going to, are we going to be spending lots or? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, again, just kind of need to temper it with the fact that you know, a lot of people will have been fundamentally kind of hit by this financially. Um, so although there might be a desire to kind of, you know, get back out there and uh, get a new dress again, um, whether people financially can or not is another matter. I think I think they might, a lot of people will just have to, um, it, you know, it's going to really seriously affect them and, and they'll be probably taking mortgage holidays already, you know, very, very worried about things and, and spending money on non-essentials is, is probably the furthest kind of um, down the line for those people. For people that maybe haven't been as, fin- as financially affected, I do think there'll be an le- element of pent-up demand um that's going to come back um you know you think you think of kind of you know fashion's one one sector you could kind of talk about there and you know um <laughs> the amount of friends and uh, people i know oh can't wait for you know next time we go out and have a good drink and a good, good kind of knees up um I'm, I'm sure some of that will come back travel is an interesting one um for me again well, you know you. uh <laughs> sorry it looks like we had a bit of a technical issue there Oh, we've got Hi. Laura back. Hello. Sorry. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. I do apologise to everyone. Hopefully you're still with us. Um, and, uh, yeah, a bit of a technical issue, but hopefully you've got us back. Um, so um, uh, I'm uh, I'm trying to remember where we were. Yeah. Uh, we, the, um, uh, yeah, so I, actually I think I think what we were talking about was the gap. I think the gap could, could, uh, could become even bigger, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, exactly. So obviously, like I was saying, a lot of people have been financially impacted by this um, very hard for certain certain kind of sectors of, of the economy. Um, yeah. But in other areas, there's an element to say there'll be pent up demand for things. Um, you know, uh, certainly I know some of the categories we work in kind of electricals and, and kind of um, homewares and things like that. I think people are delaying spend on big ticket items. They, they're obviously just prioritizing the here and now and kind of getting by. Um, it'll be interesting, you know, thinking about holidays, for example, um, you know, whether the, one school of thought is that, you know, we will, for the people that can afford to go away after all of this, we'll be absolutely craving to, to kind of go away and, and kind of get out of here and get a holiday somewhere. Um, there's another school of thought that thinks, do you know what, maybe people have just realised through all of this that we don't need to travel millions and millions of miles away to to far-flung destinations to to have a nice time. We can, you know, benefit from more staycations or staying a little bit close to home. Um, so I think it's going to affect different sectors in different ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I don't think things will return overnight to where they were beforehand. I think it's going to take some time yet to to kind of get back from this. 
This has been fascinating. I've really enjoyed uh, hearing some of your insights uh, based on some of the uh, evidence that you've already seen. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. Where, where, Laura, where would we find you if we wanted to find you online? How do we find you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, Laura Morris on LinkedIn, Trinity McQueen. Um, just contact me through through that if you want to kind of talk further. Yeah, that's probably the best channel, Johnny. Yeah, cool. Okay, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been such an insight. We're looking forward to, I mean, I'm going to be following closely uh, some of the blogs that you'll be posting, mm. I'm sure, over the coming days yeah. and weeks. Uh, and I, yeah. and I, I imagine that you'll be producing some reports at some point as well. Uh, Trinity McC McC McQueen on the website. Uh, we've got yeah. some comments here being really helpful. Thank you. Um, right. And uh, yeah, if you've got questions afterwards uh, and it's not live, just pop them in the uh, comments and we'll always uh, come back to you at some point. I've yeah, got some definitely. other thank you to us there as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, thanks definitely. so much. We're going to say goodbye. Uh, bye from me. Thank you bye very much Laura. for having me. <laughs> All right. Take care. Pleasure. Take bye care, everyone. Now. Stay safe, stay at home, and uh, we'll get through this fight corona together. Take care. <laughs> bye. been listening to the johnny ross audio experience thanks so much for joining me if you want to continue the conversation head over to my website fleet.marketing or find me on linkedin that's all for today please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts tag me in your social media posts and please leave me a review on itunes it will make a huge difference for me i will see you soon